Hey, good people, you know who this is. This is Anifa Walida. And this is Red Summer. And we are your gay aunties. Hey, babies. Hey, babies. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We're so excited about this yes. show. <laughs> yeah. You can't see her name for what she's doing a little dance. I'm doing a little <laughs> dance. <laughs> So listen, this show came together real quick before we bring in the amazing Marla. Um, <laughs> um, so the, the, we we're, we put this show together because we got a really uh, interesting letter that I think is going to spark um, conversation. It's a needed conversation um, in our community. Um, well, in shoot, all communities, really. <laughs> you know, but we know we didn't want to go half ass with it. Um, so we wanted to get someone in here that is a sex educator um, that really um, understands um, how to communicate um, in, in all things that has to do with um, sex in relationships. So with no further ado, um, mm-hmm. we want to bring in um, Marla Stewart. <laughs> hey. hey! Now, if you don't know who Marla is, you need to know who Marla is. Just turn yeah, on Netflix yeah. if you if you completely in the blue. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, if you're from Atlanta, you most likely know who Marla um, is because uh, um, though Marla doesn't live in Atlanta right now, Marla was definitely a staple um, within the queer. Um, uh, community, um, the yeah. sex positive community. Um, she, not for nothing, Marla is one of the people who kind of transitioned, helped with my own personal <laughs> <laughs> social transition, um, I think between you and Ada, um, you know, into the uh, Atlanta scene. So, I, you know, I'm going to thank you uh, once again for that, Marla. I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marla. <laughs> it's all about Marla. Um, but if you don't know who Marla is, um, just turn on Netflix. Um, if you haven't seen um, Killer Mike's uh, Trigger Warning, she's in episode mm-hmm. two, which I think is probably, it's, it's an even, Stephen, between episode two, the sex episode, and the uh, sex education episode, rather, we'll say slash education yeah. episode, mm-hmm. and, and the Crippa Cola uh, uh, blood <laughs> yeah. pop episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, so hey, Mala. Hey, oh, thanks hi. for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yes, yes, yes. We're excited we're, to have you. We're, we, are, we are excited um, to have you. Um, actually, what is your take on episode two? Because I, I thought it was really um, forward thinking in a way that maybe some people can embrace, some people can't. I thought it was brilliant. I thought I could learn quantum mm-hmm. physics by these yeah. movies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, you have, no <laughs> you have no idea. I've had so many people hit me up and like, where can I get these videos? Like, <laughs> are you producing them? What's happening? And I'm like, oh my gosh, y'all, like, it is TV. So when we have to remember that part, like, it is TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I-, I thought it was brilliant. You know, I think, you know, anything, cr- you know, we as you know black folks we are just creative and i just thought like wow like okay you're trying to solve a social problem with this other social problem like okay i get it yeah let's go with it you know why not so um it was really nice just to like you know be in the room with killer mike and and really have that discussion about like Mm. what is needed um in our communities and um and to also like not silence you know marginalized communities i really wanted to make sure that um we were 
out there, you know, loud and proud and, and mm-hmm. doing great things. So um, I was happy to be a part of that conversation. Oh, great job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's interesting you said, you know, solving one social problem with another. I'm, I'm curious to what your take is on porn in general. I mean, we kind of heard how you augmented people's general idea of porn and how to be all inclusive. But I'm curious just what your overall take as a, you know, as a queer um, um, person, sex positive person, you know, on the porn, porn industry, however you want to tackle that. Yeah. So one thing you have to understand is porn is a performance. Um, When you, when you're watching it is it's, they're porn actors, right? Um, So with any acting there, it's, straight up performance so um it is there i feel this is how i feel about porn one is it can be great (laughs) you know it could be really great as far as um finding new ideas or you know sparking up some sexual energy um when we become too dependent on it is when it becomes a problem right Mm, so that's when um you're watching so much that that's the only thing you can fantasize about Mm-hmm. Um, because what happens is it porn actually changes the chemistry of our ba- of our brain when we watch it too much. And so it literally zaps, zaps us from, you know, our head to our genitals. And, um, and so a lot of times we end up having a connection with the porn or with the screen rather than and not with the person. Ha- and not with the person. Yeah. So that can be sort of really problematic in a sense of you're trying to be present with your partner and you're thinking about something else. Or you're thinking about whatever <laughs> porn you watched or whatever it is, right? <laughs> you're like, you don't even, you're like, uh, <laughs> no, I've had that experience. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 that, that, that's real. But we actually talked about this last week, not directly saying that porn is a connection, but this idea of being present um in bed with your partner and 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 sometimes people are having dialogues or this whole script going on in their head of what they should do blah 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 blah, as opposed to being present with your partner so right that's that's why i laughed (laughs) (laughs) so yeah like so but it can like i said it can have good and bad things so there's some really great like feminist porn out there um uh, some black feminist porn out there. There's some really, you know, uh, porn that comes from um, uh, female or women's angles. Um, there's uh, porn that isn't necessarily always for the male gaze, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like, you know, porn that's sort of representational of just like my communities or who I'm with. Or I feel like uh, even when I'm like, you know, analyzing or looking at something um even in the porn world even like i think about like the type of person that i'm attracted to is not really in porn right or hardly ever in porn um so there's some (laughs) seems to be you know some stereotypes of who should be who is desirable right and so i think that's also something to be said about like who is desirable are the are, are is it this only you know, one or two types of people are the only people that are desi- desirable. So mm-hmm. um, that's really something to think about. Um, it is something to think about because, you know, from someone who's femme presenting, actually, let's just say people like me, more masculine mm-hmm. presenting people, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I get frustrated as well that I don't, if you will, see myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in poems. So I'm sure, yeah. you know, we're trying to orient to, you know, I guess kind of placing ourselves in, bed you know what, what what we're seeing and if i don't see myself not to say that i can't get off but it's it's 
Frustrating. It's, you know, yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah. Yeah, I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> Aww. I think I'm it's, like, we sexy too. Right, yeah. right. And I yeah. think it's, you know, I, I think porn can be, you know, um, it can be really great. Like, it can be a, a catalyst for people. But, like, I don't see bald black women doing things i see long weaves i see you Mm. know and there's so many um and i'm like there's plenty of us around but then i'm like well you know you can create your own right so if you have a lover that's willing to like put something on camera then can y'all have some good lighting though that's the only thing with amateur porn it's like can y'all turn on the lights (laughs) i know i know y'all having a romantic night and you want to record your romantic night but romantic nights usually means low lighting so (laughs) i'm just saying but see then there's also the point of Um, ethical porn right like (laughs) like you want porn to be ethical in a sense too like do you pay for your porn right Mm. like you know these people are acting like my friends you know jet setting jasmine king noir like they're doing their you know porn acting and it's like are you paying for their porn are you trying to watch it for free right like this is how they make Mm -hmm. money you know like what are you how are you you know it's like with anything that we do like we want to get you know paid and appreciated for it so yes there's that part too just like musicians just like any other artist if you will yeah Mm -hmm. you want to get paid for the time and the talent that's right. You know, to make something happen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know? Um, so I wanted to um, actually, since we have here, before we, get, we jump into the letter, you know, um, you know, you have uh, an organization or rather uh, uh, an event uh, called uh, Sex Down South. Yeah. Yes. My baby. So, <laughs> I'm, 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 I mean, I want you to talk about Sex Down South, but before we do all that, um, I'm curious, someone that's new, to uh, um, the South, you know, I came here with whatever expectations or assumptions or, you know, oh, I'm coming to the Bible Belt, this, that, and the third. I'm curious to what your experience has been um, being somewhat of a, a, a Southern sexual bell down here, <laughs> you know, and also what have you seen, you know, or experienced um, in talking with people, maybe some apprehensions they have. Yeah, so uh, thinking about sex in the South is really different, right? Because I grew up in California. And so growing up in California, I was very much, I grew up in a sex positive household. Um, uh, You know, it was sort of a very different experience. So then when I came in the South, it was very, um, I saw a lot of people who had a lot of religious trauma, right? So a lot of people who were repressed a lot of people or who had been repressed who didn't know what their sexuality is like you know it was like or didn't know what their desires were or um just really had a hard time um connecting to their bodies and not feeling you know shame and stigma and then you know throw you know queer gay on top of that and it's like you know it's like this cloud that hovers over you know this invisible cloud that hovers over people's heads um, which I, you know, coming from California, didn't understand at first because I was like, why don't you just be you? Like, there's, <laughs> there's no other yeah. way to be, you know, mm-hmm. but really realizing that people struggle um, and because it's the Bible Belt, um, because they have those religious parents or grandparents or caretakers that they grew up with, um, mm-hmm. because, you know, they went to church and the church kicked them out, um, you know, because they think you know, life is going to end tomorrow or whatever it is, you know, there's just a lot of 
um, shame that mm-hmm. goes with that. And um, I'm thinking about, oh, yeah, it's so funny, um, Red, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about you and I was thinking about like the whole, um, I had a Muslim client who she um, was, you know, had been taught to be um, reserved around her sexuality. Mm-hmm. But then like, in the religion itself is saying like, you and your husband can do all the things, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, get to it. And, you know, she was trying to, she had a hard time, you know, being this, I can't do anything to like, I gotta do all the things, right? Mm, so thinking yeah, about yeah. like that stepping stone of how to get from, you know, sexual repression to like sexual liberation, right? Is such a, um, uh, a hard goal for people I believe some of the folks in the South, you know. Yeah, yeah I um, I always joke about how um, being like growing up Muslim, all of my social spaces were single gendered. Mm. <laughs> I always say Islam made me gay. <laughs> right. So when you're supposed to be learning this stuff and practicing, who are you practicing with? All right. Hey. Right. Girl, hey. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, okay. (laughs) No, that's real. And it's the same for the boys, too, not for nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, just thinking about power dynamics, too, like gender power dynamics, things like that, that can really... Um, hold some people back around like initiating sex or you know having the voice to like mm-hmm. say like I want sex um, mm-hmm. instead of being like hey I'm just gonna sit here until you're ready to have sex with me you know exactly right but then that too comes from like that part of like I've started off not being able to talk about sex not being able to um have you know conversations with people openly to be ashamed about everything that I'm thinking or that I want to do or you know whatever to magically now go right Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're supposed to know everything that you like and everything that you want from this magical place of abstinence right right Right. (laughs) every other part of your life up till then right exactly and also Mm -hmm. like another thing you know while I'm thinking you know as far as the being in the south um, where most black folks live in the country, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, the in the black community, one of the hangups I had, aside from Islam kind of, you know, being a huge part of why I didn't come out until like my mid-20s, really, really come out, but also um, being raised in your typical kind of black household, certain, the language around sex positivity, the language, even even the word feminist was 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 a four-letter word, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it, right. I, remember, I remember the struggle and the journey, you know, of being able to know the words and to formulate the words in my mouth, literally, until it yeah. became real and present and just almost to the point now where I take it for granted to say certain things. And so you're having to hop all these obstacles and how does that like impact our community overall as far as how we relate to each other because we literally have not been having these conversations from giddy up mm. you yeah. know yeah yeah i agree um yeah i agree it's just and it's just a matter of like yeah how you grew up and what your parents taught you or didn't teach you what they were signing mm-hmm. around 
So it, it, there's all sorts of varying factors, sexual trauma. Um, yeah. You know, all the things can be, are all factors, right? <laughs> Everything. Yeah, basically. Yeah, like the letter last time, like your anxieties around it, your the fears, like all of those things play a part. You know, and we over here thinking it's us. With somebody. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then we wind up beating ourselves up because we're not where we want to be sexually or we don't have the partners we want or how our sense of self-esteem is kind of skewed a little bit because we're trying to navigate all this crap, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so we're just saying, babies, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> that, you know you are navigating a lot. <laughs> you know y'all are. <laughs> but, um, mm -hmm. I, you know, this whole thing about um, language, you know, and this is going to kind of get into uh, the letter. Do you want to read it, um, Red? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this letter has to do a lot about language and our relationships and how we communicate with each other. So I'll let you take it away. Uh, all right. So. I'm at the letter. The letter is from T. Mm -hmm. So I'm T, 31, out for two years, single and mingling, looking for insight about safe, queer sex when dating non-exclusively, moving past shame and fear around STDs and disclosures. So here's the scoop. There's a woman, a cutie. So I think her name is Cutie for the sake of the letter. Uh, Cutie who has had her eye on me for some time. We end up connecting and there was some energy between us for sure. I was fresh off a breakup and looking for genuine connections with genuine people, but not to date exclusively. Cutie is partnered, but had to go ahead and spend some, uh, but had to go ahead to spend some time with me. Not sure if the green light had been given for us to sleep together, but we did. I'm a person with, with HSV2, so that's a form of genital herpes, and HPV. It had been very important that before I sleep with anyone, I share details about my sexual health. It's a very hard conversation to have given the stigma, shame, and flat out ignorance a lot of us have regarding STDs and sexual health. But it's my job to disclose this information so that whoever I'm dealing with can choose if it's something they want to participate in or not. I'll be honest, I have not always disclosed this information, but that's not the person that I want to be. Now my motto is, if we can't have a conversation about safe sex, sexual health, if I'm feeling feel fearful of judgment, I don't need to be sleeping with you. We want to pause or keep going. Oh, oh, oh are we doing a reading pause? <laughs> it's a it's a pretty long letter and it has a couple of sections. So oh, okay. I was thinking, you know, we can just start with the all right, the T. You know, start there with the yeah T. As far as her disclosure um, and the, being able to have conversations around STDs and sexual health. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. so the first thing that pops in my head, of course, when she says, okay, I have HSV and HPV. Well, number one, a lot of people have HPV and that gets past like water. I mean, um, and mm. so my one thing I'm thinking about with HPV is that um, it comes and goes, right? So your body naturally clears um, HPV up um, within in less than two years. So the HPV part, I'm not too, too worried about, but I'm happy that now she's disclosing 
that she has mm-hmm. HPV and HSV, which is herpes, right? To make sure that um, she's, uh, t- you know, letting people know. Um, yeah, I-, I think a lot of people have herpes. A lot of queer folks, uh, you know, a lot of queer women have herpes. Um, and, you know, is T doing anything to suppress the herpes? Like, is she on Valtrex, right? Mm-hmm. So there's some important questions that if somebody were, were to like, oh, hey, I have HSV and HPV, and be like, okay, well, are you taking, you know, Valtrex every day? Like, when was the last time you broke out? Because some people, like I have a friend of mine who, you know, broke out the one time, right? But took medicine and hasn't broken out since, right? So it's kind of one of those things where like, you know, if they're taking their medicine and they're not breaking out, then they should be fine um, as far as like sexually engaging. Of course, there's always the slim chance, but it's like slim chance is like, you know, it's very, very slim. Very slim. Yeah. So, um, but like I said, HPV gets, gets passed on like water. Um, <laughs> and so that is... You know, it is what it is as long as it's like not the four of the cancerous types, right? And you know, if I can speak like on a disclosure um, thing, you know, she was she was saying that you know I'm not going to sleep with anyone that's not willing to have um, you know a conversation. Um, what was the reason why she said that though? I'm sorry. Um, because I had a thought said, on that. I'll be honest. I've not always disclosed this information, but that's not the person I want to be. Now my motto is, if we can't have conversations about safe sex and sexual health, if I'm feeling fearful or judgment, I don't need to be sleeping with you. Yes, that that's true. Um, but also, um, you don't want to sleep with them because if they are not in the practice of having these conversations, that means they ain't having conversations with nobody else. Right, including their mm. doctor. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so yeah. they're either living in ignorance or living in denial or just being a motherfucker. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know. I I think my struggle, even when we got the letter, was like, mm-hmm. I, I come from the generation where we had sex ed class, right? We had the <laughs> class at school. We got, we got split up. Like, <laughs> so you all in the pictures. You had to watch the cow have the baby. <laughs> <laughs> We did all of these really weird things, but it was a part of the education system. I think now we're, you know, coming especially from the the Bush era of abstinence only and taking those classes out. Like my students have not had this conversation with adults in a safe space at all. They learned everything that they know about sexuality from each other. And the internet. Right. And the internet. Right. And the internet. and porn, porn. Right? Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and so um i just really think about i didn't like the the limited information that i had about herpes and hpv being someone who had who took the classes and and did all that stuff versus someone who doesn't like who's never had the class who nobody is talking to them about STDs or or how to have these conversations and anything like that has got to be even multiply more complex for them. Yeah, we have to we the thing is, and I, I really appreciate T for this is just like we have to have those conversations like as hard as they can be like whether you have an STD or not, 
right? Mm-hmm. You need to have this conversation around like safe sex or around like what you all are doing. Like if you are using barriers or not, because a lot of folks in the, you know, as a queer woman or a lesbian community, you know, they don't use barriers, um, especially mm-hmm. black folks, you know? So that's something to be realistic about. And I think if you're gonna have these conversations, you, you, you need to have them with every partner that you have, right? Okay, so fast forward. Um, we in my place, drinking, flirting, etc. Sexy time comes up and I share my troops. Cutie, in order to honor her partnerships, the, her partnership decides she will engage in a sexual encounter with me, but it will be modified. <clears throat> because although she was fond of my honesty, she had not had the conversation with her partner. So a modified session occurred. I performed oral on her. She fingered me and used a toy, right? So that was the um, modification. Cutie shares the information with her partner. Partner was pissed for some reasons I can I can understand. I think there's also just some fear and shame wrapped up in there. Then Cutie goes and gets tested, comes back positive with HSV2 and has never been diagnosed with that she had never been diagnosed with in the past. The plot twist, the cutie's partner has HSV-1 and has for some time. It's possible it could have been transmitted between the two of them. For example, if the partner with HSV-1 gave cutie head it passed, um, and passed it along, cutie would have had HSV-2. Of all her testing, she'd never been tested specifically for HSV to know if she had one or two. Mm. She's lying. Mm. Cutie's lying. Um, Cutie has had a breakout. So what happens when people get STDs? (laughs) Um, So what's the difference between one and two? One and two. One is um, like the mouth. Like when people have cold sores on oh, their mouth. Which everybody okay. has because your auntie done kissed you on your mouth when you were a little <laughs> kid and all that. We just have language for it. We don't call it herpes. Oh, you have a cold sore, girl. No, the that's a herpes, sore. honey. <laughs> okay. And then, and then basically it's the same breakout, but on your genitals. The two is. So, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes, and you can have it reverse one of the. The point is, you're, it's a breakout. And the second thing is, you know, you, you've had it, right? Like, so Cutie knew she had HSV because the only reason um, why you know it is because is because you have a breakout. You ha- you've had to have a breakout. A lot of times when you have, when people have like STDs, right? Like there's an initial breakout. Um, some people choose to ignore it. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm thinking about like even syphilis, right? Syphilis, you get a big old lesion on your genitals for two weeks. It stays there. You have it there, mm-hmm. but then it goes away. So people are like, oh, well, it's gone. yeah, maybe it was just a fluke. <laughs> like, no, it, now it's manifesting in some other way, right? And it goes on a second stage, third stage, whatever. Right, so HSV is similar, right? There had to be a breakout at some point. Um, so it, Cutie definitely chose to ignore it um, or stayed away or was abstinent during whatever time that she acquired it. Is it possible, and this is I'm trying to tap back into my 80s education, <laughs> <laughs> is it possible to have 
um, HSV two for a while and not have the breakouts or one for a while and not have the breakouts. You're saying it starts with a breakout. Generally it starts with a breakout. Um, okay. and, uh, you know, some people are like, uh, asymptomatic or they never have a breakout. Um, and you know, I, <laughs> I just, I believe that cutie has had it and did not disclose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unless I was trying to go back to the letter and it was saying that if the partner that had it had one went down on partner who got two, then it could that be would have already been there, right? And they're already coupled. This isn't something that just happened exactly. after she partnered with T. Mm-hmm. Like the partner, the partner already had one. Exactly. What? So. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because, and especially with herpes too, because there can you can have mild symptoms, so maybe you just you know don't even don't think too hard about it, and and a lot of people just like don't have a lot. Of, some people just don't have symptoms, but um, usually there's an initial breakout. But um, if say she did not have an initial breakout, you can ask questions such as when was the last time you were tested? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. When you, you know, I know you've been maybe, you know, monogamous with your partner for, you know, a year, but you know, when was the last time you were tested? Was it two months ago? Was it a month ago? Was it, you know, and what were your results? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. were you tested for HSV when you were with your partner? Why weren't you tested? You know, these are the conversations that need to be had because, you know, if people are just going to wander around in ignorance, it can, it can be a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and you don't want that. You don't. And especially if cutie didn't tell T that her partner had HSV. Ah, you know, like, Hello. wait a minute. You well, should have okay. said something <laughs> like you should say like, Oh wait, your partner has HSV too. Like, or HSV, you know what also, mm-hmm. But, you know, like, wait, okay, do you think you probably might have it? When was the last time you were tested? You know, like those Mm -hmm. kind of questions that need to be really considered. Now, when you're inebriated, Mm. as they were, you're not going to, you're probably not thinking about all those things, right? You're probably like, Mm -hmm. I want to get in the pants. Like ASAP. <laughs> um, so maybe there just should be like, you should just have like a list of questions next to your bed or wherever and just be like, just hey, look. Yeah. You know, because sometimes you're not going to remember all that, you know? So just being like, okay, you have a partner. What is there anything that they have? Like, are y'all using barriers? Are you not, you know, are you not using barriers? Like, when was the last time you were tested? Um, you know, this is my situation. Um, you know. Yeah, I think it's like listening to your points, like kind of whack that they knew that the partner had one, but they're gonna immediately blame it on T. Yeah. Like, like wait a minute. Like, this is already a, a probability. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, uh, uh-uh. blaming me Just between the partners. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, you put T is now put at risk, right? Word. Because now T could get HSV two right on the mouth instead of like 
having, you know, her mouth free and clear, now she's got to disclose like, hey, not only do I have HSV in the mouth, but I also have it in the genitals. And now, you know, like. So kiss my belly button. Like, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you would put, you know, you have enough enough that she has probably equal right to be a bit enraged or upset Mm -hmm. at least, Mm -hmm. you know, about this situation. Then they have the nerve to to kind of point fingers at her because she was honest up front. And it seems like this couple haven't been honest with her, nor maybe Mm -hmm. even with each other to an extent. Mm-hmm. You know, to an extent. Yeah. All right. Let's continue on. Okay. So we have a convo. Initially, I felt like shit. I did what I was supposed to do in terms of telling her, but still never want to be in a position where I'm giving it to someone. Still working through some fear there. But the reality is this was a consensual act and parties were made aware of the realities. Although intoxicated, we made decisions to the best of our abilities. I'm writing mostly to share the story, get some insight, and spark some dialogue about queer sex and safety. Whether Cutie got herpes from me or not, it came from somewhere at some time, and somewhere down the line, there was a misstep. How do we prevent missteps and have safe, secure, and non-judgmental conversations about our sexual health and safety? Honestly, the methods of safety that are present for women create a bit of a boundary that take away from the closeness of it all, i.e. saran wrap and dental dams to give head. I'm okay with gloves, but honestly, when I give head, I want to get in that thing. (laughs) 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 And vice versa. A woman offered me head with saran wrap and I declined. I just wasn't here for that. So can y'all just talk about it, give some advice and share experiences? Yeah. Um, So first of all, dental dams suck. Um, I would never, ever, ever tell any of my clients or anybody to use a dental dam. It goes all over the place. It doesn't matter if you have a big one, a small one, it doesn't matter. It sucks. Um, Plastic wrap is a little bit better because then you can you know, place it in all the little crevices. Hold on, right? what, what? Plastic hoodoo? Mm-hmm. The plastic wrap. Oh, plastic wrap. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, the plastic wrap, yeah, all up in the... the... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we're not advertising, are we? Uh, <laughs> um, so, like, the plastic wrap, of course, of course, the non-microwavable kind, you know, and you can put that in the little crevices, and that's great. I totally recommend and teach people how to... I know... You guys don't record this in video, huh? No, but so I, can can actually... yeah. I can take a screenshot. I can take a screenshot and hold it up, whatever it is. So <laughs> it's I've always had this like next to my bed. And it's just like a little cute mini makeup box. Mm-hmm. And I had like gloves in it, right? And um to make a um to make a um wrap for your mouth, this is what I recommend. So I recommend basically, I know you guys can't see, but cutting off the, um, or you guys can't see, cutting off the fingers, Mm -hmm. right? And then cutting up the opposite side of the thumb. And then you could stretch it out and literally put your tongue where the thumb is Hmm. and use that on your mouth. So that way you don't have to worry about anything sort of sliding or moving. You can just have that barrier to cover your mouth and do whatever you want to do. 
So ingenuity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, wait, 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 hold on. When you cut out the thumb, wait a minute. So it's the clit. No, you don't cut out the thumb. Oh, okay. The opposite side. Opposite so side of the thumb. Oh, okay. So when you up. open up, so when you open it up, it has the thumb in the middle. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, you know. So um, do you want me to show a, it to you? No, no. no I, I think I got it. But the, okay. <laughs> but your tongue is going in where the thumb is. Is that that yes. the whole thing? And so how is yes. that? How is that? I'm trying to see how how is that different than if you just lay a barrier down? Like, why having that little area with a thumb? Because you were in control of it. Uh, um, oh, I see. You, you know, yeah, you were in control of it. You can just put it on your face. You can just put it down and you can, you know, move it however you want to. Um, plastic wrap, you know, it's okay. Um I feel like you can't move your tongue around as much mm. or you can't do the things you know, um, that make with you special. Grip. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just can't maneuver it. <laughs> you just can't maneuver it the same way as you can with the, the glove. Mm-hmm. So that is why I totally recommend that. And like I said, I kept that next to my bed. So I, um, I had a particular experience where, um, I, um, met this woman at a party. She was really cute. Um, I was like, want to go back to my place? She said, yes. We, um, got, you know, got into the convert, got, were in the car, had conversation about like, Hey, you know, um, is there, you know, what are you, have any sexual health issues, anything like that? Anything you need to name, you know, let me know about. Um, and she said, yeah, I have, you know, HSV too. Um, I'm not breaking out right now, but I was like, okay, that's cool. And so, and I use that mouth barrier. Right. So because, um, you know, I love to eat pussy. It's one of my favorite things to do. So, you know, I always make sure that like I have something that's ready and, you know, right there so that I don't have to worry about um, anything else. So, well, this is a good transition into the actual to the language, how to uh, uh, be grown and sexy for real. And we're defining grown and sexy is that you should have a grown and sexy attitude towards having these conversations. I think if you feel mm-hmm. awkward around having these conversations, or even you put judge, judgment on someone, or even yourself for having these conversations, or you're just scared or fearful, you ain't got grown yet, sweetie. You know, so mm. I don't know how sexy you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? You basically, you basically having sex with a child's mentality, you know, and you're being fearful mm. of things literally because of willful ignorance or just old fashioned ignorance. You know what I mean? And that, that is something you have to grow out of. So maybe we can talk about how do you have these conversations like a grown ass adult? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a matter of having the conversation. Number one, don't have it in bed, right? So I like that you had it like in the car yeah. on the way yeah, to the crib. Right, you know what right. I mean? Because we can make this Yui, homie, if it's really not <laughs> You know what I mean? If I'm not interested, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally. Seriously. Like, why put someone in that situation where they have butt naked and then you having the conversation? Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. 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 And it's just about giving them that option. So if I knew, so for me, I was like, "Mm, I'm going to sleep with her whatever way, right? Like I'm going to either use a barrier or not. Like I'm going to see what's going on. Um, (laughs) But, uh, but for some people, it's not going to be like that. So I think having that initial conversation before, you know, you go home with them or outside or at dinner or at the coffee shop, whatever it is, like 
having that conversation not in the bedroom is going to be the most beneficial for you because that way it takes the pressure off of like oh shit now I need to perform like now I need to mm. actually you know go through with this thing that <laughs> of course you don't have to yeah. do anything you don't want to mm-hmm. but that of course we all have that anxiety or pressure to perform or do something so mm-hmm. As far as saying saying it where it's, it's a kind of a matter of fact, because the tone in which you say it is going to be the, the precedent tone in which someone receives it from you and how they see you. So if you're scared or awkward about it or like, eh, but the way can I, you know, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you should, no, 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 no. Say it like you grown. You know what I mean? This yeah. is, tell her, you know, the full, you know, situation when you got it. You know, do you have breakouts often? I'm taking uh, a Valtrex, uh, whatever the case. You, you like the more information, I think, the better if you do have something, because that puts that one puts it educates that person if they're not educated. But also mm-hmm. it, it kind of makes you look like like that. I, I, you don't motherfucker because. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. you're you're honest and you're grown about your stuff and it's kind of a matter of fact for you and it's not some big weighty issue. Yeah, and I think taking away the shame and stigma is is, you know, just realizing that, you know, everybody is different, everybody is different, you know, and um and I would also say, like, do harm reduction science, right? Mm. Like, so it's like looking at it. <laughs> That's mm. something that you can easily yeah. do and see, like, is there any anomalies that are happening, right? Um, and I mean, anomalies could be anything. I mean, <laughs> I, I had this one time where um, I was with this woman who had this ginormous blackhead on her pussy. Wow. And I am a pimple popper. Right? Oh, God, I can't, I can't, Marla. <laughs> As you can imagine, I was like, I have to do it. Um, and she was totally fine with it, but it was just, you know, it, but just even if I was just were to be ignorant about it, like, you know, it doesn't help me in any way. So I think making sure you have your eyes on it, um, you know, feeling anything that feels, you know, different, I think is really, um, a really great harm reduction technique. Mm, mm. So if you don't want to use barriers. Like, um, earlier read, you was talking about, you know, being raised in the eighties where, you know, we actually had, you know, health education class, but also what the eighties brought was stigma around herpes specifically. Right. I don't know if you remember, it was this, it was either life cover or time cover where it had herpes. (laughs) And like in the early 80s, to scare the shit out of you, like her. And mind you, before then, the history of herpes, people thought they didn't think two shits about herpes. Like they ain't even thinking about herpes, like whatever. You know what I mean? But this Mm -hmm. article comes out with these scary horror font. (laughs) herpes and and then mm-hmm. i actually found out that you know I, I did a little research but i found out that um this particular auto article was written by this kind of republican chick mm. that was trying to fight against the women's movement or women's sexual liberation so that's like you hoes yeah. better watch out because if yeah. god don't get your herpes well you know and, <laughs> yeah. you know what yeah, i mean yeah. and ever since then it's like um, herpes has been, you know, the stepchild of the STD. 
Mm-hmm. It's been the Cinderella, you know, because you think about it, like even with AIDS and all the stigma it went through in the 80s and 90s, now people would, wouldn't dare be judgmental against someone who had AIDS. They would never come out, you know, their mouth and say some half-ass ignorant shit, you know, about if you if you if you had HIV or AIDS, but mm-hmm. people I think Car Blanche feel that they can just talk shit about this one particular um, STD, you know? Yeah, I think too. There's so much more uh, information and education, especially in the queer community around HIV, than there is around HSV, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I feel like um, even in like all of the queer magazines and everything that that I've seen. There's always this four-page ad, you know, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> or how to get tested on prep, mm-hmm. you know, all of these things around HIV. Like that is the quintessential um, queer health topic. Um, but there, there's no conversation about any of the other possibilities, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so even when, when Marla started talking, I was just like, God, like I feel less prepared for the conversation now than I thought I was <laughs> going into it because all I knew um, was herpes is for life, mm. right? And I'm sure it comes from those types of campaigns of like, herpes is going to get you, <laughs> like it's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the scary ghosts to come and steal your sexuality. <laughs> and that was the end of the conversation. But mm. even like talking about, oh, you can take this pill and you won't have outbreaks at all. I was like, oh, snap, like, okay. <laughs> like I didn't even, I, I even still feel very um, separated from the wealth of knowledge that there is about um, STDs. I know that when I was starting like taking my children, like this is where you go to, to get tested. Like, you know, set my daughter up with her Planned Parenthood person mm. and like all of that kind of stuff. They even told her that, like, no, we don't um, test for herpes because everybody has it. Damn. And I thought that was so, like, <laughs> I was like, well, wait a minute. And I told her, well, like, when you go, make sure that you specifically ask mm-hmm. for that test because they're not going to test you for it unless you ask for it. Mm. Right? So you might leave feeling like, oh, yeah, everything is cool, everything is clear, but they are not testing you for that because the general assumption is, so many people have it that they're going to spend so much of their time mm. managing or dealing with post-test um, conversation around herpes that they just don't bother with. Interesting. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy because that's so true Like you have to request it. Like I've had to request, I've had, I've been to doctors where I was like, I want everything. I want everything done. And mm-hmm. I, I even want an HIV test done. And the doctor's just like, oh, you don't have it. You're fine. And I'm like, you don't know. A doctor? You didn't even test me. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I was like, you don't know that. Like, you don't know my life, you, you know? Yeah. And so I think it's very fascinating how we've, how our medical system has, and even, you know, organizations like that just don't even um, take that into consideration because not everyone does have it, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. so I think feeding into that um, stereotype that everyone has it, a lot of people do have it, um, but a lot of us don't. <laughs> so I think there's something to be said about like 
um, sort of marginalization and what we're how we're treating people. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and yeah. speaking of testing, I think it's also like important to find out what kind if you if you do have herpes, what kind of herpes you have. And mm-hmm. in, in my research, I find that like they they uh, um, and this is something I didn't know that if you have HSV one and you go down on someone and give them HSV two. So in other words, you you contracted HSV two. Um, from someone who had HSV1, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that you are more likely to not have that lifetime of regular breakouts, regular breakouts, regular breakouts. So you'll have that initial one, but you, for the most part, won't really be impacted other than you technically have it, right? And, but if you get HSV2 from a, from another person who has HSV2, you know, then that, that usually is the case where you get a breakout every other month. And, and it's something you that is oh. such a part of your life that you you know, you know it is what it is. You know, so it's important not just to specifically test for all of these diseases and don't just leave it in the hands of these these clinics or doctors, but also make sure you have clarity around what kind. If you do have herpes, what kind of herpes you have, so you mm-hmm. know, so that that becomes a part of the conversation, especially if this one night stand becomes more of a partner. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. making sure you're using, like, you know, if you're sharing toys, making sure you're using condoms. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, okay. yeah. You'd be surprised how many people don't use, don't, don't put condoms on their, um, on their, on, on their dicks. And, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. On their, on their, right. penet- on their penetrative, uh, whatever object you use to penetrate somebody with, you right. know, it's like, what you doing? Are you crazy? Forget about, you know, uh, herpes or something else. What you going to give somebody this? What? What you doing? Trick, you BB, I mean? <laughs> yeast infection. It could be anything, oh, you know, like, and especially, and it's funny too, even in, um, to like female bodied relationships, like, or if you're like in a monogamous relationship, you can develop a BV or yeast infection and pass it between you two, you know? So that's something also to think about. Like, there's not only like STDs, but there's also like you know some other things that are minor, but like things can be passed oh, easily, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's you know, so it's really um, best to have you know barriers and um, uh, just have those conversations. Exactly, because T also yes, you have HSV two, but you don't want one as well. Like I mean, you don't, mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you yeah. want <laughs> exactly. So and that can happen if you're opting not to use the barriers with someone you don't fully know their sexual history or at least their most recent, you know, sexual health history. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, cool. All right. I hope we yeah. I hope we answered your uh, question, T, to the best of our um, uh, ability. Of course, this is a topic. <laughs> I mean, this is a topic we can go on and on um, about. But of anything, you know, those who are listening to this conversation, um, in particular in, a, in the queer community, it's like, let's protect each other. Let's protect each other, not just protect each other's, yeah. each other's bodies, but protect each other's heart and spirit. Like, mm. don't be judging. You know what I mean? Do your do yeah, your education. Mm-hmm. Like read up. It's not a death sentence. It's not you're not mm-hmm. shamed. It's not a scarlet letter if you get herpes. It's something that's so commonplace. Not everybody has it, but it's very commonplace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So don't take yourself or others for granted. And yeah. yeah. Good job. Don't yuck my yum. No yeah. judging. No judging. No judging. Cause it's corny and it's and it's childish. It's it's juvenile. Mm-hmm. It really is juvenile. But um. Well, that being said, you know, another place you can learn a lot of these things 
is <laughs> sex down south. Yes, sex down south. So let's, let's talk about sex down south. The sex down south conference, <laughs> for sure. Yes, so sex down south is Tia and I's baby. This It will be five years old this year. Oh, um, nice. So uh, it's a conference in Atlanta, three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, September 5th through the 7th. And it's a educational conference. So all day we learn about sex and sexuality and uh you know commune over whatever it is so you can learn everything from you know how to give better head to you know how to spark reproductive justice in your community mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. how to you know write erotic fiction or whatever it is mm-hmm. like there's all sorts of things that you can learn about um we are doing our half proposals right now so we don't have the schedule up uh, quite yet but um are there workshops you're doing marla um, yeah, I'm probably going to be doing a kink demo workshop and um, I'm probably going to do my pussy pleasing workshop again. People seem to love that one. <laughs> it sounds um, pleasing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Is that a masturbation work? Like what's the pussy pleasing? No, one? no, no. Oh. It's a, like how to give better head and hand sex, oh. things like that. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we have fun at night. So we have nighttime entertainment. We have fun and we party at night. So we have like, usually we have like spoken word or um, some artists come out on the Thursday night. We have our mix and mingle Friday night. Um, this year we're going to have a dungeon. Mm. Uh, so Jasmine uh, King and I are going to be, uh, we have our uh, a dungeon tour. So that's going to be at Sex Down South this year. And then um, our last thing is a close uh, our closing party which is called the big bang <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it's basically a party it's a party um and that's where my wonderful future wife actually proposed to me in front oh. of 250 people um so it was oh, i didn't realize that busy. that's what she did yeah. it yeah 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 it's crazy and then um but yeah we had about 450 people last year mm-hmm. attend the conference. Okay. Um, so probably going to have more this year. We'll see. Nice. So, yes, yeah. definitely. And where can folks go to find out more about it or even to register rather? Yeah, it's sexdownsouth.com. Okay, it's real easy. <laughs> um, Facebook or Twitter is uh, sexdownsouthatl is our handle. And then on Instagram, it's sdscon. Okay. So, okay. but um, uh. Yeah, and then of course I also have my private practice, Velvet Lips. Mm-hmm. So, if y'all want to reach me there, you need some, you know, private advice or you know, private coaching or just want to spice up your sex life. Like I'm here for that too. I am uh, co-writing a book with Dr. Jess um, that we'll be finishing in the spring. It's the Ultimate Guide to Seduction. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will be out later mm-hmm. on this year, and um, and then I'm writing my own book as well. So. I have a lot, a lot going <laughs> yes, on. Yes, that's also that exciting. That is, that yeah. is, that is. All right, yeah. wonderful, wonderful. All right, y'all. Um, this has been eye-opening. Uh, this yeah. has been... <laughs> <laughs> Red, you're like, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. No, I, I've learned a whole lot. And like, even once we got the letter and starting to read up and, and just think about, you know, how to, how to do justice um, to this this question and this conversation. So I'm so excited that you were able to join us so that we could um, just address this in, in a grown and sexy way. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. Totally. Exactly. Um, yeah, I feel like there's so much more that can be said. So I'm, I'm kind of raining in myself, like, you know, I don't want this mm-hmm. to be a two hour show. So with that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we'll save it for another, we'll save it for another letter. But again, T, I hope you got something from it. I hope you all who are listening got um, uh, um, something uh, from it. And um, of course, folks, you know, you know how you can reach your gay aunties at your gay aunties mm-hmm. at Gmail. <laughs> <laughs> dot com. We're also on Instagram at uh, your gay aunties. We do not do Twitter because I just don't have the time or patience. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and if you have Sorry. if you have more questions or rather continuing this conversation that we're having here about being grown and sexy, um, mm-hmm. then uh, you can also you know can holler at us at Instagram. Either DM us privately or it's a spark the conversation um, within a thread. And yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. You know? Also, uh, if you would like to support the show, we have Patreon. Uh, Patreon slash your gay aunties. Go ahead and send us a shout out, you know, on Patreon to make sure that we can keep bringing you all of the information that we are seeking to bring you um, every week. Exactly. Because being a patron, <laughs> being a patron is grown and sexy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Well, thank you so much for joining us, Marla. We really, really, we just adore you yeah, and appreciate totally. you being available for us. Oh, thank you. That's I'm glad to be here. And like anytime, if y'all have other questions around sex, sexuality or anything, I would love to, you know, be on again. So, you know, Great. the door open. Well, thank you all so much for joining us for this episode. I'm Red Summer. And I am Anita And we are your gay aunties. Bye, baby. Bye, <laughs>